You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 46. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. Um, we have a couple of topics to go over, so we'll just jump right into it. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about a new um, phone that's coming out, but uh, it's kind of a throwback to, you know, one of the OG of cell phones. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, possible reboot of a beloved television show, um, followed by some uh, sci-fi info related to a game and the real discovery of a, uh, I guess, uh, gosh, planet or little little kind of solar system or whatever. Um, then we will talk a little bit about a uh, reboot of a 90s movie. Um, that most people will know a little bit about if you didn't live under a rock. And then we'll finish it up with a couple of uh, news-related items related to Keanu Reeves and um, basically, I guess, uh, overall resurgence. I mean, he never really left, but, you know, he'd only been doing like a few little movies here and there up until recently with the success of John Wick. He's kind of a, you know back i guess in terms of working um so for our first topic um we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, nokia nokia is releasing um a, the 3310 phone uh which is basically um a remade version of the old nokia 3310 that we remember the big old fucking brick you know blue brick with the green screen and the snake game uh essentially it's uh basically just getting a 2000s makeover um so it's going to have a 2.4 inch color display uh two megapixel camera it's gonna just have 2g connectivity as far as that goes um so it's going to be a text phone and phone call phone um amanda and i were considering getting uh phones for uh, our kids rather recently but we didn't really want to get them smartphones just because of uh you know, access to like social media apps and that kind of thing and not wanting our young kids to, I don't know, kind of get involved in the, of the drama related to all the shit that comes with that. And so we kind of decided not to get them smartphones. Um, but with these, uh, Nokia 3310s being announced, I mean, it looks like we're going to be able to, you know, maybe, you know, pick up some decently priced phones that serve the purpose we want it to. Our kids will be able to text us and call us. I mean, obviously they'll be able to text and call other people, but you know, maybe won't be getting themselves in any sort of fucking trouble, Hopefully. you know, on uh, social networks and <laughs> crap like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is too, is, you know, initially we were going to get our, we were just going to give our kids some uh, iPhones, but I mean, they're fucking expensive. I mean, even the other phones we have like Motorola's and stuff, they're three, $400 phones. Um, you know, these Nokia's are priced at like 50 bucks. Um, so, I mean, 50 bucks is, you know, nothing to just, like, burn or throw away. But at the same time... <laughs> you can't break your phone after every use like they do on TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not... You know, this isn't, like, burn fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's not, uh, you know, some shit out of, like, Better Call Saul or fucking Breaking Bad or you get to break your phone every time you use it. But, um, you know... You buy a kid an expensive phone, and then they go and fucking drop it. Screen's broken. I mean, even adults do that shit. So it's like, you know, you're always taking a risk when you're getting a kid a nice phone like that. You know, is it going to get stolen? Are they going to forget where they 
and they're going to put it down and leave it somewhere. You know, it's, it's just a lot of money to be gambling on whether or not your kid's responsible enough to, you know, have the phone. And then on top of that, again, what, you know, let's say they don't break it or lose it or get it stolen or whatever. Then you're having to worry about, you know, all the access that they have. You might not give them permission to be on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, but they might still make a Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter that you don't know about. And so you're getting your, you're getting, you know, you're letting your kid get into kind of the, like the black web, you know, the ether that's going to get them in trouble and all the stupid shit that comes with like drama related to, you know, elementary school, junior high and whatnot. Um, you know, but with this phone, uh, you really can't do any of that shit. Uh, phone calls and texting only 50 bucks. They lose it. You know, it's easily replaceable. Um, and then, you know, because it's a 2G only phone, you're not really having to worry about having like a data plan or any bullshit like that on the phone. Uh, you know, not to mention because it would be like for, you know, primarily phone calls and texting only, it'd be easy to add to a plan, you know, add a plan or add a phone line on your existing, uh, service for 10 bucks a month and you're set. So, you know, our kids are probably thinking they're getting some fucking iPhones or whatever so they can keep playing games and shit like that. And they're going to be, we're going to be like, look, they can play snake. yeah, they're going to be like, you're going to get really good at snake kids. Because they might be getting some of these phones pretty soon. And they don't even know it. So, uh, I don't know. I would totally recommend getting something like this for kids. I mean, even just as a fucking burner phone. You know, it seems like a pretty good deal. So, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, I don't really have, um, you know, many details on whether or not this is going to be available on every single network. Like, if it's just going to be compatible with everything. Whether or not this is going to be some sort of GSM phone that's only usable on like T-Mobile or AT&T. Um, I mean, obviously, it'd be better for their market share if it worked for everything. So, I guess we'll just wait and see. Um, so, moving on to uh, a uh, television show. And, uh, I mean, basically, everybody fucking loves this show. Like, attending conventions, I mean, these guys are like a mainstay of pretty much like every fucking convention. Um, and this story is related to Firefly and Fox basically considering, um, rebooting the Firefly franchise, but, uh, there's a condition and the condition is that, uh, what? Do you know what it is? No. Amanda. You don't know what it is? Oh my God. No, it's basically uh, it's basically that Joss Whedon needs to come back to uh, basically run the show. Um, that's the that's the catalyst. So basically, Fox will say, "Well, yeah, who else would do it?" Well, I mean, they're stupid. Sure, I mean that makes sense. But I mean, Fox is basically saying, "Sure, we'll reboot it, but only if Joss Whedon's involved," which, like you said, makes sense. I mean, who else would do it? You know, who else is going to step in and basically steer? You know, the beloved show that so many people love. I, I mean, I guess the thing I'd be curious about isn't so much if John Sweden were to basically come back and reboot the franchise. The question would be whether or not rebooting the franchise is going to include all of the original characters that still exist. And, you know, for those that watched Firefly, you know how it abruptly ended. Um, and, you know, everybody had to lobby for the Serenity movie to get made to kind of like, you know, 
tie up all the loose ends from the abruptly canceled, you know, first season of the television show. Yeah, because Fox didn't find it worthy. Yeah, you know, it's like... (laughs) And now they want to reboot it. Yeah, many years later. And so, you know, what we have here is, you know, kind of an issue where the movie basically was meant to um, kind of tie up all the loose ends and kind of finish up the story arc. You know, kind of explaining everything about everything. You know, all the little mysteries of the of the television show. Um, you know, for people that have watched Serenity, you know, an important character dies. In he's a leaf in the wind. You know, they could ignore the movie though, and just do whatever. They could, or I mean, we're talking about the future here, so. How hard would it be to basically make an android version of Alan Tiddick's character? Ooh, Spoiler alert, in case you didn't see Serenity. Yeah, Alan Tiddick's character dies in it. Um, he played like Wash, I believe it was his nickname. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he dies in the movie. Um, but, I mean, they could easily bring him back as an android or some shit. So I remember when they were thinking about making like a Serenity-based video game. That's what they were going to do to basically, uh, I don't know, uh, not reboot, but basically like revive his character was just to make an Android version of him. Or that was what was speculated when, you know, we were uh, attending some of those uh, interviews at Comic-Con and stuff. So, I mean... Do do they start with a fresh cast, or they bring everybody back and maybe cast some new faces? Because I mean, you'd also mention, um, you know, the death of another character, and that because uh, he died in real life. Yeah, Ron Glass, who played uh, Shepherd Book, he uh, he died. So you can't really come back from that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, uh, that uh, that character in uh, Rogue One. Was dead. The, um... Yeah, it was creepy. The commander. He was dead, and they fucking CGI'd his ass all the way through the movie. <laughs> That's creepy, though. That is super creepy. I know Disney said they wouldn't do that with, like, Princess Leia, not to go too far off topic. But, I bet they will. But, I mean, they made just a little bit. I mean, obviously, they're probably not gonna do some fucking, like, you know, an entire CGI of her. But, I mean, they did it with him, so who knows if they will or won't. I guess it just depends on the movie. I mean, they said she played a she's gonna play a big part in this movie that they you know, Ooh. that they already filmed. Yeah. So now I'm, what are they gonna do? I d I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a I, I know there's they were supposed to be doing like some sort of like rewrite as it relates to her character or whatever. I mean, it it it, it is kinda of interesting as to like what they're gonna do and how they would do it. Um I mean that's almost like the equivalent, like, you know, having Leah you know, completely CGI'd in a movie like that. It's like, um, it's like fucking CGI-ing, like, Paul Walker's character in a fucking new Fast and Furious movie. I mean, they kind of did it, like, you know, in the last movie, just because, like, he died, like, right toward the end of the filming. But, I mean... But they did use his brother, too. Right. So, I mean, it wasn't, like, completely... There was actually, like, a yeah. person to that... But I mean, we're, I mean, but you know, that's different from say, hey, we're gonna fucking completely CGI, you know, Paul Walker into the entire movie. Like, 
we're going to have Vin Diesel acting with a fucking blue man. <laughs> and then we're going to fucking CGI Paul Walker onto the blue man. Like, that's just yeah. some creepy, weird shit, you know? I mean, not that they're considering that, but I mean, that's pretty much the equivalent of it. I mean, obviously, I don't think they're going to go through any sort of fucking trouble like that for fucking Ron Glass's character. I mean, they could easily be like, oh, he died. But, you know, for... Um, and obviously, that's not a problem for somebody like Alan Tiddick's character, because he's very much alive. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, would Morena Baccarat come back? I mean, shit, she was in Deadpool... She's a heavy hitter now. Round. Isn't she in another show? I don't know. I mean, but fuck, they can get her back. They need her back. She can't. Nobody else can play her. I thought she's in Gotham. Doesn't matter. They need her. Somebody yeah. can't. Somebody can't take her spot. But yeah. she's already doing this other show. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure they'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's an important character that's central to this group. Anyway. So, um, I mean, you know, I mean, as far as reboot goes, I mean, to me, it would make sense for them to basically just get the old cast back and maybe cast a few new characters. That makes the most sense. I don't see them saying like, oh yeah, we're going to make a new Firefly show, but we're just going to like cast a whole new group of characters. Like, I think that would completely fucking bomb and be complete garbage. Not, oh, yeah, I mean, look at the freaking fans. There's no way. If if Nathan Fillion wasn't part of that... Yeah, it'd basically be fucking toast. It'd be, it'd be nothing. It'd be dead on arrival. Um, so, again, you know, this is... He's available, though. <laughs> he's very much available. I mean, how many conventions have we been to and he's been to, like, every single one? Well, and his show got canceled. Castle, so... Yeah. What's he doing? Not much. I'm sure he'll find something else. He always does, right? Uh, yeah, like the Santa Clarita diet. Even though he's only <laughs> in it for the one show. Yeah, we okay. So um, you know, little you know, little side uh, sidebar here. Um, since we're on, you know, the cast of uh, Firefly, is that uh, was we two. were was he in, he was in the first two episodes? He, it might have been the first two, oh, yeah. The first one, I don't know. No, 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 so it good. was the first one. I think she, yeah. And then so, she's talking about him in the second one. Yeah, so it's a little, <laughs> yeah. So okay, the, basically what we're talking about, you're probably like, what the fuck are they talking about? Is that um, we were watching Netflix and we found that there was a new Netflix show called The Santa Clarita Diet. That you didn't even has, want to watch. I didn't want to watch it. It looked retarded. <laughs> So, anyways, we so we decided to watch this movie. We decided uh, decided to watch this show, and it stars Drew Barrymore and what the fuck is the other guy's name? I can't it, think of his it's name. Timothy something. His last name starts with the O. I don't know how to say it. Timothy O Face, like, like Oliphant or Oliphant. That's right. I yeah, don't know. yeah. So Oliphant. That sounds. I know. It sounds like elephant. It sounds like elephant. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, so he's been in a bunch of shit. Everybody knows him. He basically is, like, the dude that played the original Hitman, which actually was really good. Um, but uh, those two were fucking hilarious. And, um, you know, to get more to the point, Nathan Fillion was in the first episode of this television show. Well, the the premise of the show is that Drew Barrymore basically somehow becomes undead and ends up fucking eating Nathan Fillion's character and uh, basically murders him in her backyard. 
And the one, one of the kind of ongoing jokes was that when she's talking about, like, eating his delicious meat, which kind of, like, is unsettling for her husband, obviously, you know, adjusting to this new situation. Well, because he was flirting with her. Like, there was totally a thing there for a second. Uh-huh. And, and then, then she eats his balls. She, well, balls. She, she ate one of them. She, well... Tiny balls. Well, she kept having to emphasize that there were tiny balls because she kept talking about how soft they were and, like, how she ate his ball and then, like, ate more, you know, ate some other portions of his meaty meatness. I don't know. But it was just really funny because he would be like, oh, you... You know, you can't believe you ate his balls. And he just, oh, they were, t- they were so tiny, though. They were so tiny balls. It's a great show. I mean, it's definitely worth a watch. I thought it was, I thought it looked fucking retarded. Amanda really wanted to watch it. And then finally I was just like, okay, fuck it. We'll watch one episode. And we watched the one episode and it was funny. And then ultimately we ended up watching the entire season in a, in a couple of days. It was, it was. Uh, Super funny. It was really funny. That was right. It was funny. I knew yes! It. I knew it. We get it. You were right. It was fucking hilarious. It totally was. I knew it. <laughs> I was just kind of like glad. I hate fucking watching shows where it's like, even if it's only an hour show and it ends up being shitty, it's like I feel like, oh, I want my hour back, you know? But, <sighs> but it wasn't. It was good. It was good. So, uh, I mean, yeah, Nathan Fillion will bounce back and then hopefully he'll end up starring in a new rebooted um, on Fox Firefly show that will be directed by Josh Whedon uh, and uh, have Marina back around in it with Alan Tiddick. And, you know, the the other characters, (laughs) the other actors that don't mean anything. The other guys. Everybody knows who they are. So, uh. (laughs) <laughs> um let's see wah, 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 wah. uh so I, this next story i thought was actually super cool um it has to do with um elite dangerous uh predicting the discovery of the trappist one system and so um long story short without reading like everything was astronomers found um the trappist one system about 39 and a half light years uh, away and the system contains uh, like seven rocky worlds that orbit a uh, star that's believed to be within uh, a zone that would support liquid water and obviously support life well um, as it turns out this uh, wide open uh, spacefaring adventure game uh, called Elite Dangerous has an algorithm that correctly predicted uh, a similar system with the same amount of planets, the same star, um, but the only difference was, and, and even in the same location where it was found in the game, the only difference was is that the the system had it at 39 light years away, and it was actually in real life discovered at 39 and a half light years away. Um, but, uh, what was neat was that the, uh, it's only half a light year difference. Yeah. I mean, it was almost exact the amount, the, the type of star, the amount of planets that were surrounding it and the distance 
in reality from our planet it was off by a half light year but everything else was correct it's just a coincidence <laughs> well and so it says this uh, the stellar forge uses an available mass formula to create its worlds and systems meaning that the game just doesn't cook up planets and stars out of nowhere um you know it could be pure coincidence but uh you know the elite dangerous is uh, planetary generation logic is you know may may actually be on to something according to this article um and so you know the basically the way it's worked is if something was found um you know discovered in real life the game would basically go in and patch in these new discoveries into the game so that when you're playing the game you're actually seeing like these these uh you know real things in space and so they really didn't have to tweak much in the game because it already fucking existed in the game so the astronomers just discovered that this system is real and the game itself already had it but only a half light year off um so whoever makes the game needs to go work for like NASA or somewhere. Yeah, I mean, cause what what so like in the second paragraph of this story, um, that I found on Polygon, was uh, the Frontier Developments made the discovery itself when it went looking to recreate the Trappist One system in the game. So, as it's done from uh, past discoveries, uh, and it basically says notably the exploration of Pluto and its satellite in 2015. Um, the game director, David Brabin, explained that the game's Stellar Forge engine and how it generates stellar systems um, and that it's cooked up a brown dwarf star in a very nearly the same place, 39 light years away. I mean, it's just crazy that you find a system in real life and so this game is looking to be as realistic as possible. So then they go into the game to try to make the changes so that it so that the game reflects reality, only to find that the very system that's already been discovered is already in their game to a fucking T, with the exception of half a light year's difference. But everything else is there. And so the reason I brought this up is because we kind of talked about something similar a couple of shows back, where we were talking about like reality and like space time and all this shit. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, people kind of joke about, hey, you know, maybe our reality isn't a reality. Like, what if, you know, all of this is, like, the blink of an eye? I mean, for us, it's, you know, a hundred years and, you know, our lifetime feels like, you know, it's measured in a good amount of time. But, I mean, you know, what if we are, like, a blip in space-time? Like, what if... You know, our reality is just some computer-generated simulation. You know, this has been debated before, like, even with the smartest of, you know, people, you know, that study quantum theory and all of this kind of shit as to, you know, whether or not our reality is a real reality or whether or not it's some, you know, uh, you know variation of a very complex computer program that somebody else has created almost on the level of like the movie the 13th floor where there's a world within a world within a world and basically the premise of the movie is that 
there's a computer that created um, a reality or, or like a virtual reality where there's basically like a fucking planet that functions and the AI in it thinks they're alive and only to find out that they're not and they realize they're part of a program and so they try to escape it only to find out that when they get to this other place that it's another program and another program and then the people that the people the, the people that created this computer right they're like whoa this is nuts like you know we're, we're like gods you know because we created this and this world that we created they find out oh, oh fucking almost rick and morty style they fix battery yeah they they create a world and then the 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 world that they created in that computer ends up creating exactly what they themselves created so they're like holy shit maybe we're not real and so this character goes off and finds out holy shit he's a variation of the fucking program too he's not real either and so you know it brings up that kind of like what if you know scenario it's like these guys created a super complex uh you know software program that's meant to figure about you know how these uh planets and um systems are formed and it's doing so so accurately that you know people are finding fucking systems that are out there that exist in their game and so it's like if this game software can somehow predict some of these variations in reality is there is there more to that or is it just coincidence what do you think i mean it's i mean obviously it's just you know i mean it, it could just be that one big coincidence but what I if it's a coincidence you're just like, whatever, I'm real. I'm real. Nobody's going to tell me I'm not real. I don't think we're somebody's program. I mean, there's probably other life out there, though. You know, because if I cut my arm, I should be green on the inside with light, right? No. Like a program? You know, like when Agent Smith gets killed by Neo? No, because if you're trying to make it real, you would put blood. Yeah, that's true. Hey, but you know, we could be a program. Some people get shot eight times and live, and then other people get shot once and die. Maybe that's part of a glitch. I doubt it. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought that was really cool. Um, I mean, it makes you want to go check out Elite Dangerous and, you know, just enjoy the uh, realism of this uh, game's, like, prediction engine. So, uh, moving on to another space-related topic, and this relates to uh, a 90s movie reboot. Um, a movie that I love personally, as cheesy as it is, is uh, Starship Troopers. Um, I watched the shit out of Starship Troopers. I watched the crap out of it when I just had the tape. I still have the tape. Um, I've watched the crap out of it, you know, just digitally. Um... I just really liked um, the original 
Starship Troopers. Um, it was very... It had a lot of the makings of, you know, the original RoboCop. I do believe they had the same director. Um, but, uh, I mean, personally, I thought the storyline was cool. I thought the action was neat. I mean, obviously, some of the CGI and special effects now are, like, completely subpar and terrible. <laughs> um, but I think, overall, the movie just kind of has that cult classic uh, quality to it that, uh, you know, most people... You know, look back and think, "Wow, that movie was fucking awesome when it was out." And so, you know, getting a it, it basically getting a reboot is neat. Um, you know, I'm wondering where they're gonna go with it. Um, reading this story uh, that I got uh, from TaskinPurpose.com, um, it's basically saying that um, the movie is not gonna be a complete reboot, and that it's just going to be like a rehash of what we saw from the first one um it is saying that columbia pictures has uh tapped the guys that wrote the script for baywatch so you know it's probably going to be a handsome and sexy cast just because that's you know essentially what baywatch is supposed to be the baywatch that's coming out that looks like a complete comedy um, and second is that it's going to be a remake of the 1997 film or it's not going to be a, a remake of the 1997 film or even a sequel. Um, the producers are drawing material directly from the 1959 novel, uh, that the first film was loosely based on, which means you could be seeing a totally fresh, uh, film. So, you know, not anything exact that we would have seen from the first film. So, I mean, that is interesting in that, you know, obviously we're not going to see some, like, carbon copy remake or, you know, just slight variations in the story where people are just kind of like, oh, and more or less is what I remember with these few dip with these few differences. You know, it could potentially just be completely different, or which would be, be cool. it could be the same. I mean, because they're only saying could be, not it will be. Well, okay, Perfect example, um, I mean, I guess to, you know, compare this is, uh, um, gosh, so World War Z, you read the book, I didn't, I watched the movie, I thought the movie was okay, but having, you having read the book and then watched the movie, they're a far cry from, like, book to movie, correct? They're very different. And so, when we went to, um, when we went to Comic-Con and... Um, gosh, what's his name? Max Brooks. Okay, so when we heard Max Brooks talk, and we were in his panel, and he was talking about, you know, the development of the movie, and how it was supposed to be based on the book, and basically he was more or less pushed out of the project because he didn't want to go along with some of the, you know, the bullshit that they were changing in his book, and him ultimately being thankful that he wasn't directly involved in it because he said the movie essentially wasn't even his book yeah it was terrible and it, and it wasn't even really based on his book they went so far away from his book um i mean that's basically what starship troopers might have been because they're talking about the 1959 novel now i just watched the movie and i like the movie but i am curious to what the 1959 novel has now so i might actually go look for it and read it because Starship Troopers, although I did like the movie, 
um, you know, I might read the book and find fuck, you know, they, the movie could have been significantly better, you know, if it would have been based off the book. And so were this maybe grounded more in the original novel as opposed to being loosely based on it. You know, we more or less could have seen the fucking World War Z movie variation of Starship Troopers. Whereas, you know, they might be making a more, uh, I don't know, a more closely scripted movie that's, you know, based on the novel. So, I mean, we could end up seeing something, you know, pretty cool in terms of, you know, what we could expect. I mean, that's being hopeful. I mean, obviously, we're not going to see the original cast. Although, they could, you know, still get, um, god dang it, what the hell is his name? The, uh, the original guy who, um, who fucking played, uh, the fuck was his name? Um. Well, they could jump street it and have them all come back in little cameos as, like, workers or whatever. I mean, something, something like that. It's, uh, is it Casper? Casper Van Dien? I think, yeah, okay. So, Casper Van Dien, he was the original dude. Like, I mean, obviously, he was the main central character for the original Starship Troopers. There's a potential to get him back, I think. And it would be cool because he'd be, like, the seasoned vet. Like, he'd been in a bunch. He'd been in a couple of the conflicts. I mean, now I'm just talking about, like, the original Starship Troopers. Pretty much, I pretend, like, the rest of the Starship Troopers didn't happen. Because a lot of the other movies were fucking terrible. Uh, I think they ended up getting Casper Van Dien back for, like, I can't remember if it was, like, the third one or the fourth one. But I know he came back for one of them. Um, and he's hurting for many. I, I Probably. I mean, I I actually watched the movie because I'm like, oh, well, fuck, it has him in it. And I was still like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, he must have been, like, you know, feeling Nick Cage status to go do that. But he played the character Johnny Rico in the movie. And shit, you know what? Fucking Neil Patrick Harris played Carl Jenkins, who was like his good buddy in the movie. Um, I mean, obviously Neil Patrick Harris didn't come back for any of the sequels, but you know if they're remaking, uh, if they're remaking a movie, I mean maybe he finds his way back. Because the thing is, is I mean they could basically pretend like the other fucking Starship Troopers didn't happen because all of those were fucking garbage. The only one that people really care about is the first one, and so I mean obviously they could try to pull Neil Patrick Harris back into the mix. I mean, because he was already officer status in the first one, um, military intelligence. And then Casper uh, Van Dien, he was um, basically he was in charge of a of a company, was Rico's Roughnecks. And um, Denise Richards was a, a main character in the movie, and she was uh, uh, she was a lieutenant. She became a lieutenant in the uh, in the film. Uh, in charge of uh in charge of a ship so i mean those three characters you know could come back with uh you know some central roles and then basically like fill it with a new cast you know to kind of like i don't know restart the franchise um to me that would be the smart thing to do as opposed to just be like all right new starship troopers new fucking cast everyone um like you said you know get some of the, i mean i yeah, you know, get some of the older characters back in it for the cameos or whatever.
Just a thought. I'm actually really excited for this remake because I think there's a heck of a lot of potential for the movie. Like I said, I thought the first one was pretty cool. I mean, is there anything that like you would hope to see from it? I know you're probably not like as big of a fan as it as Starship Troopers goes, but No, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Okay. See you. We move on to our final topics. It's uh Keanu Reeves Alley. Um and so for this first topic, I got this from Joblow.com. And, um, honestly, I don't even know how I came about this fucking story just because I don't ever go to this website. Somehow I came across it and sent it to myself. But, um, with that said, this story is explaining that Keanu Reeves is still open to a Matrix 4. And basically the condition is that, um... The Wachowski brothers would have to be involved. They would have to write it and direct it. And um, then Keanu Reeves would have to see what the story is. But he would be open to it under those conditions. So I guess I don't know that there's any indication that um, there's really anything beyond Matrix Revolutions. I mean, anything's possible. Obviously, you can write something in or be like, no, really, there's something else to continue from this point. Um, you know, because where there's money to be made, Hollywood will find a way. Uh, you know, and obviously with Keanu Reeves being on board, being the one, and, you know, with him basically saying if the Wachowski brothers won't, well, was it the fucking Wachowski sisters now? <laughs> I know they yeah. had sex changes and shit. So, um, you know, with the Wachowskis, if they were to come back into play, you know, that there there might be something in development. Um, it's interesting. I, I, I mean, obviously the first Matrix was amazing. Uh, the second one I thought was pretty good. By the third one, eh. Not so much, I mean, but by then I was just, like, you know, committed. Uh, you know, ultimately, I just... The third's not my favorite. Um, so I I would be concerned that they might try too hard when making this fourth one, if they were to make a fourth one, you know, what it would be like, where they'd start off. I mean... I mean, I could see it, you know, being something like, okay, they are supposed to have made some sort of peace with the machines, only to find that, you know, their unsteady truce, you know, wasn't meant to last that long. And so, you know, they find themselves back in conflict. Or, you know, in the third one, you find out that Neo's like, he's like the sixth the variation of the one and all the previous ones had failed to save the human race and he was bound to fail and it was just going to be a seventh variation and you know basically like it was almost uh you know like a constant you know like the one gets created he tries to save the human race and he fails and then it's just like these constant realities that are in a a never-ending time loop as it was explained in the end of uh you know that movie so 
the question is, is could they just come back and basically be like, oh, he didn't actually succeed, you know, so this is another variation, but maybe this is the for reals, the last one, you know what I mean? They could easily do that if they wanted to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would just be really, they'd have to walk a really fine line, in my opinion, as to, you know, how they could go about, like, properly making the movie. Because I could just see them, like, doing too little or too much of, you know, certain aspects of the movie that could just ruin it. Well, he says he wants to read it before he commits, so obviously Keanu's really picky as well. Well, and I, I'd hope he would be. I mean, obviously, he's been making some great movies. I mean, everybody's happy with John Wick. John Wick 2 is fantastic. Um, what was that one movie that we watched that we hadn't really heard of that we ended up renting in the Redbox recently? I can't remember the name of that movie. I forgot. We mentioned it in the previous podcast, but... Uh, I saw that with the truth in it. Yeah. I so, can't think of it. I mean, he's been making some pretty good movies, even if they're not, like, you know, big blockbusters. The Whole Truth? Yeah, that The Whole fun. Truth. Yeah, that was it. It was actually a really good film. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I hope he ends up being picky and doesn't just sign on because, oh, it's The Matrix or whatever. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath for that one um, because I kind of think they ended the franchise, you know, at least more or less properly with the last one. But, you know, like I said, with good writing, you know, maybe they can make it work and, you know, it would be something worth watching. Ultimately, I can't say that I wouldn't go see it if they announced it and said, hey, again, movie's coming out in July 2018 or something like that. I'd be one of the guys, like, waiting for the very date that they start allowing, like, you know, pre-sale tickets so I can reserve my IMAX seat because I'd be right there to watch it and judge it. <laughs> so just not dressed up in a trench coat like people do well you wouldn't want to do that because they'll fucking think we're gonna go shoot up the fucking movie theater well i know but you know how people dress up sometimes and it's like you can't really dress up for that movie anymore yeah you can you wear black pants you wear a black t-shirt you wear the fucking black trench coat and you wear black shades and then when you walk up to the when you walk up to the booth you can be like tickets I need lots of tickets. You know, like when they're in the program yes. and he's all guns. I need lots of guns. Yeah, you, you didn't even know what I was talking about. I see that and that's a no. Yeah, I guess. Still. You were just kind of like, that's not even funny. And I thought the it was hilarious. The shooters have ruined the dress up for that one. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely have. You just can't. Yeah, so we move on to another... Um, you know, possible... Well, actually, I think this one actually is in development, not so much a possible. Um, this one's from uprox.com, and uh, this one is Keanu Reeves starring as a self-centered NASCAR driver, and um, so reading this, the brief description of the movie plot, um, as told by Variety, sounds good. Uh, the story says incredible. I don't know if it's incredible, Um but nonetheless, here's the here's the uh, description of the movie: a self-centered American NASCAR driver who revitalizes his career by entering an international rally car race 
across the face of China and learns to win as part of a team when he joins forces with a young Chinese woman who yearns to become a driver herself. It sounds like it could be interesting. It sounds like visually it could be pretty cool, you know, especially when we're talking about like a race across China as opposed to like, you know, some, you know, fucking just NASCAR around the one big track kind of thing. And, you yeah. know, that there's, you know, the rally car, you know, visually could, I don't know, add a little bit more suspense. You know, obviously rally car races, there's, you know, windy roads and all that crazy nonsense. Uh, and, um, I mean, Keanu Reeves looks like a fucking race car driver. He looks like he can totally be a race car driver. Um, I mean, I think it could be a little... There could be a little cheese factor in there with like, oh, yeah, you know, he's he's the typical American jerk face that's revitalizing his career after a long time. And, you know, oh, yeah, he just decides that he's going to mentor some random Chinese girl to decide she wants to be a NASCAR driver. Like, seems a little far-fetched to me i mean i'm not saying that a chinese woman wouldn't want to be a nascar driver it just kind of seems uh a, a little cliche but well hopefully they pick a actual chinese person to play the chinese girl you wouldn't want to hurt anyone's feelings <laughs> they're gonna cast scarlett johansson for the role oh my god <laughs> that's a i guess a dig at ghost in a shell but, I mean, technically that character should be Japanese, not Chinese. So am I being racially insensitive right now? People have been so butthurt lately <laughs> over the casting of white people in anything. So, Well, I mean, okay. The Chinese, Chinese film is pretty big. And there are plenty of, like, really good Chinese actors that have done very big budgeted Chinese film none that I think have an American box office draw I think part of it just comes down to just obviously just money I don't even know that it's necessarily acting ability I think there's plenty of talented Chinese actors that could easily take these Chinese roles but the thing is is getting uh, a Chinese person to play in a major role in an American film isn't going to draw the box office. They're not going to be like, oh, Keanu Reeves and What's-Her-Face. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, shit, when I think of Chinese people, I mean, there's just not that many, like, super fa famous Chinese women that I can think of, you know, as far as, like, Hollywood actresses. I mean, somebody like Lucy Liu, like, she would get, like, Remember, like, for a while, like, she just got, like, all these Asian roles. Yeah. But, I mean, she was, like, the only Asian woman. Like, there was hardly anybody else that was taking well, roles. I just can't believe they picked Matt Damon for that. Oh, the fucking, wall, the Great Wall movie? Yeah. Yeah, that was a little interesting there, but, um. The one I just don't understand why people are getting so upset about is Emma Stone and her role in Aloha, like... People are really mad about that one. What about it exactly? I didn't hear uh, about this. Apparently her character was supposed to be an Asian role. What? Yeah, I had no idea until all of a sudden this has become a really big thing. But Was it like based on a book or something? That I don't it know. It was supposed to be Asian? But like... everyone's saying that it was supposed to be an Asian role and she took it. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, okay, like if... if... 
the movie was based on a book or something, and then, like, the role in the book or the character in the book was, you know, explicitly Asian or something like that, I could understand why somebody would be pissy that Emma Stone is cast for a role that's supposed to be Asian. You know, kind of like, you know, like when we, um, say, when you read, um, you know, the Hunger Games books and you kind of had, like, a certain character in your mind, you know, for what that character looks like and how they were described in the role. <laughs> and then when you watch the Hunger Games movie, you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's not at all the person that was cast, you know, or the, 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 the person that was cast for the role. You're kind of like, oh, this is bullshit. And we know what we're talking about. So, yeah. you know, if you read the Hunger Games books and then you watch the Hunger Games movies, you know exactly what we're referring to. And I mean, that kind of seems like something where I could understand that, where, you know, if there's a Chinese character and then Emma Stone gets cast, it's like, what the fuck? Well, like, you can't just do a better job. Well, Asian last name. So, I mean, I, I could understand, you know, being a little, being a little butthurt about that. You know, it just seems like, you know, wow, yeah, that's a super Asian last name. So, um, it's NG. <laughs> I don't even know how you pronounce it, but I know that's a pretty common last, last name. Um, you know, so, I mean, I didn't even pay it just, attention to that. it just seems like, you know, Hollywood's not really like trying to fill those roles. And again, I think it just has to do with money. There's no Asian person to cast for a role in, in a major motion picture like that. That's going to draw box office. Not to say that there's not an Asian woman that doesn't have the talent to stand up to all the other actors that are in that role. I think there's plenty of them, and there's plenty of them that have the acting experience to be in a big budget movie, um, because China has like a really, um, you know, huge footprint in the movie industry, just like you know India does with Bollywood and things like that. You know, it's there. Yeah. It's just. Casting a super famous Chinese person, I mean, it might make them a shit ton of money if they release that movie in China, you know, because obviously they're going to want to support the movie, you know, for somebody there, you know, an actor they're familiar with in China, you know, it might do well in China, but it might do shitty in America, you know, and so, you know, ultimately I think that's all the concern is about, um, so... I mean, we kind of went a little off topic on that, you know, when we're talking about the cliche of, uh, you know, a Chinese, you know, racing girl wanting to become a NASCAR driver with the uh, assistance of Keanu Reeves' character in this upcoming movie, Rally Car. Um, you know, but ultimately, I guess I'm a Keanu Reeves fan, always have been. I've made that perfectly clear in just about every podcast where I've talked about Keanu Reeves. So, you know, I'll definitely be watching this movie. Um, like I've watched all of his other movies, um, you know, ultimately it'll probably end up being a decent enough movie. It's just, uh, you know, I hope they don't get like super cliche with it. You know, I guess it'd just be interesting to see like how the storyline unfolds, but just like on its face, you know, like this being the explanation on the back of like a DVD or something like that, you know, reading that you might be like, eh. You know, put it back on the shelf. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's more to it, and it's just oversimplified explanation of what the movie is about. So maybe. Um, but again, I'll probably end up seeing it. I mean, because what I was thinking um, when I saw the explanation for this movie, 
minus the Chinese girl that wants to become a racer too. I was thinking, oh fuck, we're going to have ourselves a fucking basically revamped Days of Thunder movie. Do you remember Days of Thunder? No. Okay, so Days of Thunder was kind of a black eye for NASCAR. NASCAR was not very happy with Days of Thunder. Um, you know, they kind of allowed, you know, the, the, uh, when the, when they allowed the movie to get made, it didn't necessarily make NASCAR look great. Um, but it basically had to do with some very egotistical racers that were like super competitive and did a lot of stupid shit, but you know, it actually had like the actual NASCAR brand in the movie and, um, it had Tom Cruise in it. It was one of his earlier movies that did really well. And, uh, you know, I actually really, I mean, as as far as racing movies go, I mean, not even as far as racing movies go, but just generally, the Days of Thunder movie was super good, I thought. Um, but uh, NASCAR wasn't very happy with it, and they were kind of reluctant after the, that movie was made to allow people to, you know, basically use their brand. Um, but um, with that said, you know, looking at this movie, I was kind of like, oh shit, this might be kind of like a Days of Thunder. But... Uh, you know, obviously with the, you know, the aspiring Chinese female NASCAR driver, not so much Days of Thunder, but, uh, you know, it could have a Days of Thunder feel with that kind of feel good, you know, thing in it. So, like I said, I think it could, could end up being pretty good. It has, it has some potential. Hello, you've with been selected Keanu. to participate wow, in a short 30 that. second survey. So, hey, <laughs> I'm trying to switch to the other story. For the third Keanu Reeves topic, and this bullshit fucking um, website that has the story ended up fucking hitting me with some spam shit that I couldn't get out of. So that is fucking lame. So we're going to look up a story. We're going to try to find the fucking story. Um. Let me see here. Gosh. Okay, here it is. So, um, this story, and it's from TrailerAddict.com that apparently douches you with fucking spam stuff when you open up stuff on their page. Uh, yeah, that's fucking crap. So let me click on it again at my own fucking peril. Um, so this one is about the, uh, possibility of a Bill and Ted 3. Um, again, all these remakes, we're going back, we might, we, we're possibly going back to the Matrix franchise, you know, we're, you know, he's making this, you know, kind of Days of Thunder type, uh, you know, race car movie. You have a fucking Starship Troopers remake in the, you know, in the works. You know, the possibility of a fucking Firefly reboot. So many remakes. You know, with the remake. I mean, last episode we talked about the the Warriors reboot. Um, Get an original idea. The Scarface reboot. I mean, goddamn, we can go on and on and on. So here we are. With a Bill and Ted 3 reboot. Now, because this has Keanu Reeves involved, I'm okay with it. And so, Bill and Ted. 
And it is Bill and Ted, and I like both Bill and Ted's. They're both hilarious. Um, and so they're, in this interview, when they're talking with uh, Keanu Reeves, um, he was on the Graham Norton show, and he, his explanation is this. Basically, they're supposed to be, or they're supposed to write a song to save the world, and they haven't done that. So the pressure of having to save the world, you know, their marriages are falling apart, their kids are kind of mad at them, but then someone comes from the future and tells them if they don't write the song, it's not just the world now, it's the universe. So they have to save the universe because time is breaking apart. And so that's from Keanu Reeves as far as what the storyline is supposed to be as it relates to this possible Bill and Ted 3 remake. Now, whether or not it's actually in any sort of production, that remains to be seen, but I know that that was basically the premise of this possible third movie. Um, and I think it would be rather funny to watch a Bill and Ted 3 movie, although, you know, it's kind of like... How long did Keanu Reeves have to do other movies before people stopped thinking of him as fucking, was it Ted Theodore Logan? I think he's at a place where he can do whatever he wants. Right. I, I mean, that's very true. Um, he's been around a while. But, He's old enough now that he can't really get into any more Ted-type roles. They I, don't suit him. He basically has fuck you money. Like, he doesn't really have to worry about not being able to make money anymore. I think at this point he's pretty much set and he just does it for the love of acting. Yep. I mean, because he pretty much does like live a pretty normal life. He doesn't live beyond his means. So, I mean, he doesn't really need to work. I think he just does it because... It's something to do. Um, you know, so, I mean, with that being said, I mean, that's the basic premise of, you know, the Bill and Ted 3 movie. Um, it almost sounds like 2. <laughs> but now we're talking about the universe and maybe something a little bit more complicated with a different dynamic because now they're, they're talking about family and kids and all of this other stuff and... You get to see what Bill and Ted were like, you know, like what they ended up doing, you know, what they're up to now, like, you know, whether, I mean, basically what happened to Bill and Ted, you know, because we only see Bill, I mean, what were they like in their, I mean, technically they're supposed to be teenagers, but in the movie, weren't they like in their 20s? I don't know, probably. Most, I mean, because they were supposed to be like right out of high school. Most teenagers in the 80s were like in their 20s. <laughs> I mean, I know technically they were in their 20s when they made the movie, but I think, uh, you know, as far as the movie goes, I think they were supposed to be, like, right out of high school. So, uh, you know, fucking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a movie about them in their fucking 50s. So, you're going to see 50-year-old Bill and Ted doing stuff. It, uh, I think there's... Honestly, I think there's, like, a huge amount of potential, I think, for a Bill and Ted 3 movie as opposed to, like, a Matrix movie, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'd be pretty pretty interested to see a, 
a Bill and Ted 3 movie and where it goes. And, you know, and, and speaking of, like, all these different roles that Keanu Reeves is taking on, remember, uh, what, what con was it that we went to where it was, like, the Battle of the Keanu's? Where everybody was speculating on, like, what Keanu character would be able to kick what Keanu character's ass? Was that at Phoenix Comic Con? Yes. So when we were at Phoenix Comic Con, there was this panel that was like Battle of the Keanu's, like what Keanu would beat what Keanu. And so there were all these different movies that, it, you know, he had starred in. And so, like, you know, it was just kind of like randomized to, like, okay, would John Wick's character, you know, beat, um, you know, his character from Speed? And it's like, duh, John Wick all day. Well, the one character that made it, like, super far when it came to, uh, like, the Battle of the Keanu's, of, like, every character you can think of, you know, to his roles in Constantine, or, like, 47 Ronin, like, I mean, there's a ton of fucking cool roles that uh, Keanu Reeves has played, um, but the two that made it to the final two were fucking John Wick and... Um, his character in Bill and Ted. Ultimately, like, it was a narrow defeat. You know, everybody felt that, like, obviously John Wick would just be more prepared and kick kick ass. But the reason that his character made it so far in the Battle of the Keanu's um, was because, obviously, there's the, tri- the, 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 the time travel um, dynamic in that he can basically transport himself wherever the fuck he wants. You know, or even if John Wick thinks he's going to get the drop on him, you know, he can always be like, oh, well, I left this for myself, or I left that for myself to counter this, like they did, um, you know, in the previous uh, Bill and Ted movies. And so there was like a huge debate in the in the auditorium as to whether or not John Wick could actually defeat his Bill and Ted character. Um Again, kind of off topic, but I just thought it was really funny. So, that it it came that close of, like, all the characters. Those were the two. Yeah, that was random. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of movies that he's coming out with. Um, All of them seem uh, pretty interesting, and ultimately I'll end up seeing all three of them. Um, I guess, really, I would just be really anxious to know, you know, when we can expect some of these movies as far as announcements goes. Yeah, I'll probably look into that. I probably should have done it before we started recording, but just jump on IMDb and see if there's any proposed, you know, release dates or anything like that or whether or not production started on some of these movies. Um, So, uh, with that said, we are basically finishing up episode 46, unless Matt has anything to say? No. Yeah, so we're finishing up episode 46... (laughs) Um, you can check us out uh, on uh, SoundCloud or download us, and you can also um, look us up on iTunes under podcast and that um, under conversationalist. Um, you can email us at uh, thatconversationalist@gmail.com. Um, we do have a Twitter, which is that com- at thatcom podcast, and we do have a uh, Facebook page, which is uh, that conversationalist as well. I believe it might just be conversationalist plain. Um, but that's how frequently we use it. Yeah, we don't really use Facebook or Twitter <laughs> that much. Basically, just 
you know, put the names there just so that we have them in case we do use them more often. But really, we do check uh, we do check our, our mail uh, at thatconversationalist at gmail.com. And then obviously we would like you guys to download, share, and um, all that junk, our, uh, our uh, podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. So I um, want to thank you for listening. Um, again, episode 46. Episode 47 is pretty much probably going to be on the Logan movie. So um, we'll be dropping that probably Friday evening. So uh, again, thanks for listening. It's Jesse with Amanda. Yay. Saying good night. Bye. Bye.